Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. We're continuing our series entitled Common Christian Problems. And today and next episode, I'd like to talk about marriage. And before we get into solving marriage problems, this is still part of the series, but I'd like to turn it a little bit and talk about marriage successes. In other words, how you can go from a good to a very good marriage and find successes in an achievable and workable way. And then also what we're going to talk about while we're talking about successes is also solutions. Now, solutions imply there could be problems. Marriages have problems. So we're going to find solutions to that. And hence, we have this episode and next episode. But surprisingly, what I'm going to be sharing with you today is relatively simple. And what I'm going to be doing is recommending a book, and I'm going to give you some highlights out of that book that will help you discover some of the secrets of those couples that have highly happy marriages. And this book is a result of years of investigative research, and it's research-based. It's you know, a lot of marriage books are collections of uh, anecdotal uh, stories and basically claims, but you don't quite know if this is actually something that can be objectively researched and proven. And the author of the book I'm going to be recommending to you used to be with a researcher with the Federal Reserve. So she was a pretty objective number cruncher, And then she hired professional polling organizations to research in marriage and relationships within marriage, and then having an eye to when certain things stand out, uh, she reports them in her books. And I'm talking about author Shanti Feldham, and the title of her book, you probably haven't heard somebody mention it on Catholic Radio, I'm not selling it. I don't get any kickbacks or anything else. This is a good book, and that's the only reason I'm mentioning it. The title is The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages. And then the subtitle is just as important as the title, The Little Things That Make a Big Difference. In other words, there's a number of smaller things that couples in highly happy marriages do that perhaps other couples don't that seem to help them be set apart from so many others. And this is what this book is about. It's it's focusing on about 12 powerful habits that are very common to those who have the happiest marriages. And the good news, this, and believe me, if, uh, If I didn't know this book and if I didn't know the author, I'd be very hesitant to recommend it because so often at family conferences, you have, you know, the superstars come through, uh, the experts and everything else. And and it can be very discouraging because it's like, 
you know, you don't have any problems. Everything's perfect and easy. No, we're not talking about perfect couples. We're talking about very happy couples. And these are based on objective research. But a lot of these things mentioned uh, are overlooked in a lot of marriages. So this is probably one of the easiest things because marriage is way high in common Christian problems. In fact, I have a research study, and I forgot how high marriages are on the top 10 list. It may be number one. I'm not exactly sure because marriage brings out a lot of ourselves. The inside comes out in marriage, so to speak. It's like an x-ray. So um, this book is on the positive side to bring things into the forefront. Now, I'm going to give some page numbers if you happen to be listening at home and have a pencil and paper handy. I think you're going to want this book, but even more so, I'm going to point you some key places in the book. I'm going to give you very specific page numbers. So if you're not driving, uh, write these down. But the key takeaway for the entire book is found on page 14. And it seems like there's little things in marriage that make the big difference. And that's the takeaway uh, for this book, okay? And now I'm gonna give you, and this, by the way, she gets right to the point. And so many relationship books, I'll be talking about this a little later in the broadcast, don't get to the point, and as a result, men will not read it. Men will read this book and appreciate it, okay? But here's the most important finding in the book that the highly happy marriages expect and assume the best from their spouse. And that's from page 45. In contrast, there's like three sets of marriages they characterize in the book, the highly happy marriages and the marriages kind of in between, and then the struggling marriages. And in contrast to the highly happy marriages, the struggling marriages assume that their spouse really doesn't care for them. And yet, if you carefully investigate these very spouses, you find they do. But the assumption is made that they don't. And that can be very toxic to a marriage. And so maybe putting on a little different type of lens when you view your spouse, you're finding it isn't because he or she doesn't love you. There could be other dynamics. And if you could come to the point of assuming the best for your spouse until you found out different, of course, I'm not talking about denying reality, but it's an unreality to assume the worst when very often it's just the opposite. And that seems to be the big divider between the very happy couples and the struggling couples. On page 72, this is going to sound uh, like a violation of the scriptural principle, don't let the sun go down on your anger. On page 72, it shares a very surprising reason why sleeping on a problem or a conflict may be wiser than trying to resolve it late at night. Shall I let it out of the bag? I'll let it out of the bag because I'm hoping you'll get the book anyhow. It's that men and women process uh, how to get through a problem and solve a problem differently. And 
a wife will have the inclination, not all wives, but a, a good majority of wives will have the inclination that if there's a problem, let's just stay up and stay up some more and stay up some more until we solve this. Of course, you're getting tired and your ability perhaps to perceive what's the root of all this and how to get through all this might be declining as the hours go on, whereas a man may not want to prolong something until he has a time to think it through. So there are times it's not like um, just being mad at each other, not communicating, but just connecting, just say, I need some time to think about this and then come back at it fresh in the morning. And the very happy couples do that. They're not staying angry. They're just postponing trying to solve it. Okay. Now, this is one and page 117 and 118. Unrealistic expectations in a spouse can lead to unhappiness in marriage. I don't know if you've heard the joke. I've actually used it at uh, conferences. My wife heard it on the radio recently, but it's called the husband store. And in each level, you can't go back. Once you go up a story in this store, you can't go back and find, you know, uh, uh, level one, the man's good looking. Number two, he's employed with a great job. Number three, uh, third floor, whatever, he's good with kids. Uh, number four, um, you know, he's a good communicator and such. And, of course, the woman who's shopping for a husband has to go to the top floor and saying, sorry, but there's no such men and, you know, you have to exit the building now. Well, that's a joke. But it isn't a joke to have unrealistic expectations for what you want out of marriage. And I'm not saying give up on hopes for marriage, but make them realistic and I might just throw in, too, the same thing for a church, for a priest, for a de deacon, for a school. None of us are perfect, and so we just want to judge others, judge our spouse the same way we ourselves would want to be judged as far as expectations go, okay? Um, on page 132, they have something very interesting that there's a simple thing these very happy couples do after an argument, and it it it, it just takes like um, seconds. They do it. A lot of them maybe not even be realizing they're doing it, and it's a practice that 70% of the very happy couples do and only 22% of the struggling couples do. And when you figure out what that is, you and your husband can settle on that. This isn't hard at all. You'll be on the road for one of these little things that make a big difference. Uh, then on page 179, it's something that can make a marriage twice as likely to be very happy. That's page 179. It's a about three pages, take you five minutes to read, take you a little bit longer to do, but it can make your marriage twice as likely to be very happy. And then very wisely, starting on page 224 in the back end of the book, and these are small pages, so it goes quick. Uh, it has a realistic plan of action 
for getting from so-so marriages to very happy marriages. And a very wise uh, advice is given at the very beginning of the book, on page 18, that take one step at a time, okay? (laughs) Uh, Don't go trying 12 steps at once because you'll trip. Take one step at a time, implement it, and that's working. Take another step at a time, and then you'll have a plan of action, okay? And this is this is really good stuff. This isn't smoke. There is some serious money paid to do the research upon which this book uh, has been compiled. And again, the secret, excuse me, the surprising secrets of highly happy marriages Subtitled, The Little Things That Make a Big Difference by Shanti Feldham. Now, you should be aware that she has written two other books uh, along with her husband, and one is entitled, For Men Only, A Straightforward Guide to the Inner Lives of Women. And you can guess the other book, For Women Only, What You Need to Know about the inner lives of men. Now, my guess is that if you, and you can buy this, um, these books, I should say, as a boxed set now, um, I would recommend giving them as a wedding present or as an engagement uh, present. But um, my guess is that women will want to read both books. It's just it's just my experience. They'll not only read the book Women for Women Only, they'll want to read the book for men only, seeing what she's telling men about women. Now, I have in my hand here a little box. I call it my North Carolina box that sometimes I take to um, Catholic family conferences and I put on the book table. And the box on the outside says, inside everything men know about women. And then you open it, and guess what? It's blank. So, believe it or not, husbands are caring. That's some of the research she's found out. Some of the research that you're going to find out, like for women only, that your husband may be far more caring about you than you think. Uh, And there could be certain assumptions you have to lead the other way. And it kind of helps women navigate to find what those things are to correct their assumptions. But I have to comment on her book, For Men Only, A Straightforward Guide to the Inner Lives of Women. And I need to say this and hear me carefully, if you would. I personally believe this is the wisest marriage book for men that I have encountered in at least the last 20 years. And it's not complicated. If you buy this book, again, for men only, a straightforward guide to the inner lives of women, you will know why I think this is the wisest book written for men on marriage Uh, that I've seen in at least two decades, because you'll discover what that is before you hit page one. You see, in her book, For Men Only, she has a pull-out, rather detailed, but pull-out chart that summarizes the whole book, front and back, this chart you pull out. Now, I've seen a young 
husband, new husband. Uh, he happens to have kind of a photographic memory, but I saw him. He was very eager for this book because, remember, my North Carolina box, uh, it's hard for a lot of men to figure out what goes on in women's minds and hearts. In fact, at conferences, I'm asked a lot, you know, tell us about raising daughters. And I said, well, I have a wife and six daughters and, you know, I've been married for X number of years and whatever. And when I finally figure it out, I'll come back and tell you. Everybody laughs. But men realize we have a handicap. We don't know what's going on in the lives of women. But this young husband pulled out the chart, and I happen to know he has a uh, photographic memory or a near-perfect photographic memory, and he studied it, front and back, closed it. And I knew that he figured out what his wife wanted out of marriage, and he did that in minutes. Now, in contrast, and I, I it's not my job here. I don't like to criticize uh, other authors and such like that. So um, I'm not using any titles. I'm just using the, the what happens so frequently. I'm thinking of a very, very popular marriage book that's used by Catholics, Protestants, and probably even in a secular world. It's a book written for both husbands and wives. It's about 324 pages. Now, I'm going to tell you that 95% of all Christian husbands will never read that book. Now, the wife buys the book, maybe even buys two copies of the book, and gives one to her husband. He doesn't read it. So she says, he doesn't love me. And, you know, it's right on the title. It says something about... Um, the love she desires most. Well, he, if, he, if he really loved me, he would read that. Listen to me. Shanti Feldham knows men so much better than some men writing books about men and women. Uh, in fact, I came across a gift uh, book. It's a condensed version of this 324-page book. The gift edition was 155 pages, but each page had one or two sentences. So you could get through it in pretty short order. And I guarantee you that that book will help more couples by far than the 324-page book. Why is that? Let me just tell you something by personal experience. The hardest thing in helping Christian marriages is connecting with the men. I'm just telling you, and somebody will say, well, no, I know five men in the universe where this isn't true. Okay, I know. I'm talking about the most difficult thing in general. I spent my first years as a Catholic, I was at a conference with Scott Hahn and a friend shortly after we all converted and reunited and I gave a talk. I gave four talks, actually. One of the four talks was entitled, you know, Why I Became a Catholic and talked about the Catholic teaching on marriage and family life and how important I thought it was even before I became a Catholic and hearing about John Paul II. Well, I just went home. That was it for me. And then all of a sudden I started getting conference after conference to Catholic family conferences 
uh, to speak on Catholic marriage and family life. And I can't tell you, I think I put over 100,000 frequent flyer miles. I might be off on that, but a lot of miles, a slow learner, traveling all around the country speaking to Catholic wives. Men simply weren't there. Now, if you want to help marriages, you've got to get the husband because it doesn't do any good to have a 324-page book that the wife will read, the husband will not, and that will get the wife that much more frustrated. So in a certain way, it harms rather than helps marriages. Uh, There's another book written by a wonderful couple, evangelical couple. Uh, It's widely used in churches to kind of have uh, a group of couples kind of have a date night project, and I forgot how many dates are in there. I actually went to a seminar with the husband and wife team that wrote this book, and we were, they were going through it, and in each week there is a chapter describing whatever they would do. And then at the end of the chapter, they would have a summary of the task for that week and kind of a quick description of what they're going to be doing. And the husband of this team, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. But he said, surprisingly, we find that the the men aren't reading our book. They're just reading the summaries at the end of the chapter. Now, listen to me. Listen carefully. Wives, I'm speaking to wives right now. You would be a very unwise wife to be somehow upset your husband isn't reading that whole book. He just wants to know, what am I supposed to do? Tell me it tell me it's straight and I don't want to process it. I just want to know what it is. And I'll do it. I'll be happy to do it. I'd love to do it. Now, in contrast, many women like the process of learning. So to them, digging through chapter after chapter of a relationship marriage book is fine. And But that's not the way 95% of men are wired. Now, here's where the trip up comes. There's that 5% of men that like to process this stuff, okay? So, if one of those 5% of men happens to be an author or a speaker or a, quote, expert, unquote, speaking at a marriage conference, the wife will think, well, he's a man. He's telling what men think. No, he's telling maybe what 5% or less of what men think, okay? You, you want something that's to the point. And if you want somebody uh, like leading a group for marriage, not somebody who goes on and on, um, like if it's a husband-wife team, make sure the husband has a background and giving brief, clear instructions. I'm just thinking of a couple examples, a sports coach. If you're sending a player in for a special play in a championship football game, the coach knows how to get across what he wants you to do, how to do it, and when to do it, and he can do it in 10 seconds or less, okay? Same thing with a military commander. He has to be able to get orders across clearly, simply, and effectively, and there's no process, so to speak. Um, women may like process, but that's okay. That's what women's groups are for or a book that you would enjoy reading. But there needs to be resources for both men and women, and that's why it's so important to try to get both. 
here's another one. Uh, you know, you might have uh, there's multiple books on how to pray the rosary or how to pray the rosary in your family. It's like it's a 185 page book, and you buy it and ask your husband to read it, and he doesn't read it. And you say he isn't spiritual. He doesn't care about our. F-. I know baloney. He does. But, you know, we have here at the Family Life Center, we take to conferences. It's a little book called My Pocket Prayer Book. It's 2.5 by 3.75 inches. In other words, it's just a little bigger than a match box of, box of matches. It's 95 cents. And in that little prayer book is everything you need to know about praying to get to heaven and your whole family with your husband and yourself. Okay, um, don't overly complicate it. And sometimes publishers, even in the Catholic media and print, are pushing things through marketing that can be very self-defeating. And this is where the making the wrong assumptions are. If your husband is tired at night, and I love to read, but a lot of times I can't read at night when I'm just really tired, okay? And my pocket prayer book can go with you and very simply, it can tell you how all kinds of Catholic prayers, a couple dozen of them, including how to pray the rosary. And it'd be a great gift for your husband, for your family, for police, military, students. But in other words, simplify it, get it to the point, and rather than uh, trying to overly complicate the situation. So just to summarize, the key to creating a marriage resource is to develop one that will appeal to husbands. And I'm not trying to um, trying to ignore women. I'm trying to help women to understand men. And women generally on relationships are already on board. Their, their switch is turned on. Their motor is running. They're onto this. They know the importance of this. The key is to getting the husband. And sometimes you need to go a little bit out of your way to get the husband along with it. Let me just mention, because I probably lose a thousand visitors a month by having a family and marriage website by the domain name dads.org. And let me just extend an invitation to every wife in the universe. You are welcome to visit our website. It's just that I know a lot of guys would never visit a lot of websites titled that look very interesting to you. I guarantee you there's resources on there that will help you and a resource that your husband will read. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 326 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.